0: future we're talking real money
1: the debate rages on the permanent perpetual ongoing argument over what is the proper withdrawal rate from your portfolio in retirement you've heard of the four percent rule if you've listened to us you've heard of the flexible withdrawal strategy well, now, ladies and gentlemen, the good folks at Morningstar have decided that uh, they don't know either, they don't, but they did a new study. They've done a new study. And what is what is the right withdrawal rate from your portfolio in retirement? It's one of those questions that we ask a lot because we like certainty. We want to know for sure what's coming in, what's going on. And uh, we hate not knowing. So people like Morningstar and others study these things and tell you what the latest withdrawal rate is based on
2: their latest research, Tom. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating to me, (laughs) Uh, A, that we need to update this every year, depending on what just happened the previous year. That's one thing. And, and I stole this line from Christine Benz, who's part of this study, which I love, and generally it gets a laugh. And it kind of goes like this. The only correct withdrawal rate we'll know is after we're dead, whether it worked. Right. I mean, you don't really know that until you're gone and you had the money or you didn't during retirement. So was
1: was that laugh you got more of a polite titter? <laughs>
2: it, <have> <laughs> it was sort of like hands. a oh, Tom yeah. thinks he made a joke. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like the rest of them. Okay, so they do have this new study, which is like yes. 800 pages long. I mean, this has Here's more a big charts study. and graphs, yeah. Than, yeah. Uh, and the, they spend a lot of time on a thing called sequence risk. Right. In other words, when you retire, and I believe they're they're right. There is some importance as to the fact that if you retired, for example, in 2022. That was kind of a crummy year because stocks and bonds were down and inflation was up. So things got more expensive and your portfolio declined in value. And now you're drawing on that portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that, but here's the thing. Now they're saying 2022's research points to a 3.8% withdrawal as a safe starting withdrawal percentage. In other words, your money should last if you started 3.8. Which is darn close to four. It kind of sounds like you could round to that and people wouldn't get very excited about the whole thing. But here's the part. There's a few things here that I actually think are pretty valuable. Generally, I would tend to believe as an asset manager that if I take more risk. For example, my portfolio is 80 percent in stocks, 20 percent in bonds. And I had kind of thought I would just leave it that the rest of my life because I'm OK with the ups and downs. Um, but they, it's fascinating. Their study shows. A new retiree with a 50% stock, 50% bond ratio, balance that is between stocks, yeah, and, stocks bonds. and bonds. Yeah, stocks and bonds, 50-50. Yeah, and a 90% or pardon me, a 30-year anticipated time horizon, in other words, a, a pretty lengthy retirement, I won't get 30 years, uh, could secure a 90% probability of not outliving their money. In other words, if you're kind of down the middle with your stock-to-bond ratio, you do better than people that take more risk. That mm-hmm. seems counterintuitive to me in some ways, doesn't it? Well, to you? but what's
1: interesting though about that that uh, th- that chart they show in this article from Morningstar is if you look at the the more aggressive portfolios, you are more likely to run out, and the more. The, the most conservative, also, you are more likely to run out of money before you run out of life. What's interesting is that it is the middle of the road portfolios, kind of like all things in life, that the truth lies somewhere in the middle. The best answers are generally in the middle between the extremes. So it's the 30 percent. Stock, the 40%, the 50%, the 60% stock portfolios that all have that fall in that same sweet spot of a 30 year 3.8%. However, if you think you're going to die sooner than 30 years after you retire, like you figure, I'm not going to retire until I'm 75. I got what, 20 years? You can go up to a 5.2, 5.3% withdrawal rate, according to them. Yeah.
2: and yeah. I mean, if you wait until then, Really? I mean, the expectation is you might get 20 years of life. Exactly. So uh, here's another thing that was kind of interesting. Uh, They talked a little bit more about retiree spending, which as you and I know is way more important than actually the asset allocation. (laughs) In most cases, people have a tendency to overlook this part of uh, retirement and retirees generally spend more money in the early years, gradually reduce spending, and then they might spend more at the end. So there really isn't a sort of fixed withdrawal rate, right? And they do talk about the flexible approach being a better Uh one over time, right? Well, Mm, and the
1: one we like, which tends to be the adjust your withdrawal based on what the market has done in the previous year goes down. If you've done worse, it goes up. If you've done better, that that withdrawal rate uh, is somewhere around 5%, which is a number we've been quoting for many, many years. And it still holds in there. It hangs in as the, as a, a reasonable number. And again, we're talking about predicting the future based solely on the past. We have no idea how this is going to work out down the road. This, this is how it would have worked out looking backward.
2: Yeah. And again, these are, there are so many factors here. I mean, there are people that tell us I don't want to leave money to others. There are people that say, no, I want to definitely leave money to others. How can I do it? There are people that say, I want to take a ton of risk, try to give more to charity. So there isn't, again, a right or a wrong here. The midway point, as you correctly point out, Don, has been better for both withdrawals and for an asset allocation over the long haul and does sequence risk play a role. It absolutely does. Sure. But I wouldn't overthink it based on that. If I was saying I'm going to retire now, I would go ahead and retire. And I am not a fan of recent results because they're meaningless when you look at the long haul, right? Last year, everybody complained stocks and bonds lost money. So what? They're both making money this year or pardon me, have made money this year. And I got to ask, why does Morningstar update this study every year?
1: because there's a demand for it there's a demand, is there a demand because for people, it? Is- <laughs> i think people are always thinking what is now well because it's different now it's different now than it was the last time they did this what it, what is what is the number going forward but the the, the the takeaway i think from all of this is that year after year after year that safe number comes in somewhere around the 4% number over and over and over again And for flexible withdrawals, right around 5% per year.
2: I think, again, but you need to stay, you need to build the proper asset allocation, both between stocks and bonds. And then inside of those, you've got to have big companies, small companies, growth, value, U.S. international, all those parts. And then the right type of bonds, again, here, we're not taking risk with the bond portfolio. You need to pay attention to cost, uh, watch your taxes, do all those things. But if you do that, I think a flexible 5% will work. Again, most of this is still predicated for most people. Hate to use the overword, overuse the word most, but most of us need to wait on that other most critical part, and that's called Social Security. I still see tons of people saying, I just, it, I'm 63, I take my benefit. And that's a huge, huge mistake when it comes to retirement withdrawal strategy, retirement income strategy, pardon me. So
1: basically, the same, what it ends up, it's the same story with us. If people did what we say they should do and have said for a very long time. Stay around 4% for the withdrawals. Diversify, build a well-diversified portfolio. Stay somewhere in the middle of the risk-reward range. Right in the middle somewhere. uh, Wait on your Social Security. All these dull, boring things that we say over and over and over again. We would be out of work. Thankfully, you don't pay any attention to us. So you we want to spend your money
2: that. on uh, spend your time on other things because time is truly money, right? No doubt about it. So, um, but let me ask you a question. Are you worried about the debt ceiling battle? Are you concerned about a possible recession, fluctuating interest rates and a volatile stock and bond market?
1: No. So thank oh, you. Okay. Well, then <laughs> thank you for
2: the question. <laughs> then you don't, then you, you do not need to attend. Keep calm and retire strong. <laughs> you just killed me. Uh, how to invest in troubling times. Don and I will be doing this. Yeah. If you're not in the Seattle area, we'll be doing it online virtual class, May Since 24th, this is the podcast, 9 a.m. figure They're probably not in the Seattle no, we area. Have a lot. Remember every time we look at that, we have a lot of podcast people who yeah, listen but, here in the Seattle but, area, but not as many, yeah, but it's not as still many there. It's the radio. Show. So you can register. It's going to be about an hour. There's going to be a lot of Q and a again, keep calm, retire strong, on May twenty fourth, that's a Wednesday, nine a.m. Pacific. Join us for that. Okay, got time for a couple questions?
1: If they're e- they're as easy as the last one, yeah, the one about <laughs> I'm not worried about the debt ceiling. <laughs> you're no. not
2: worried? Uh, I'm not let's worried. see. I think you're going to like this question. This comes from Jenny in Indianola, Indiana.
1: Indianola,
2: okay. Yeah. I know the name, but that's all I know. My son is just starting his savings for retirement at age 34. He's contributing 14% to his company 401k with a 4% match and saving to purchase a new car with cash. He's on the right path. And by the way, buying a new car is not a retirement plan, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, Let's see. To help him towards his retirement goals, I'd like him to open a Roth IRA that I can contribute on his behalf. He mm-hmm. will open the Roth at Vanguard. What types of investments allocation should he use to start this account? Don. Mm, VT. One portfolio, one one ETF. I think that's pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, That's it. It's it's, VT. it's it's easy. It's cheap. It gives you global uh, look at the market. And frankly, that's a great place for a one fund solution at Vanguard. Okay. That was easy. All right. How about this? It's going to be tougher. You ready?
1: Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm working from, my way up. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
2: this comes from Jason in Sandy, Utah. Hey, guys, new listener, love your podcast, listen every day. Thank you for that, Jason. Your thoughts I wonder, on, is Sandy,
1: Utah like kind of like Iceland in Greenland? In, in Sandy, so Utah, really is it like Sandy, a really green spot? It's a,
2: and It's a big lake. Uh, your thoughts on target date funds. Is it better to diversify using specific funds or ETFs? That's part one.
1: Yes, generally speaking, I think you can get a more personalized portfolio if you use individual funds and build your own. The trick is rebalancing the darn thing and doing it regularly. The other trick is knowing yourself well enough to build the right portfolio for you at that particular stage of your life, and then adjusting it as your risk tolerance and risk needs change.
2: Yes, so you can there's get. My answer. Okay. Oh, that's a good answer. You can get okay asset allocation using a target date fund yes, you mentioned yes. the personalized part that's important but you can if you use specific funds you can uh, target date funds tend to have too much u.s large cap mm-hmm. sort of growthy kind of companies makes sense so if you do it on your own you can have more small you can have more international you can have some maybe value depending on the uh, the plan that you're in so yes but don's right it takes more work then Plus, uh,
1: the, the, the assumption is that, uh, that uh, if you're of a certain age group, that every age group is a monolithic up. investor risk tolerance group, that you have the same risk. Everybody between 60 and 70 or 50 and 60 or 40 and 50 have the same risk tolerance, and they don't. And they don't have the same risk needs either.
2: Exactly right. You could take more risk or less risk depending on, you're right, your emotions or your financial situation. He also asks, I have about $200,000 in VTEB that an advisor suggested I buy. I think that's the Vanguard um, Municipal Bond Fund. I just realized a a large portion of VTEB's holdings are in California Municipal Bonds. How much risk are those bonds if California goes bankrupt? Is this a good position to hold? It's down right now, so selling isn't an option. VTEB—that's the. Va- I'm assuming. That's Why the would
1: California go
2: bankrupt? Well, okay, but let's just talk. Yeah, that, that's. I thought we were out of <laughs> really? that, the woods there. Maybe since the whole Silicon Valley Bank, Republic Bank, yeah, because those does really California doesn't right?
1: affect the 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 municipal the bonds? tax revenue yeah. uh, of. Municipal bonds and the the portfolio, the Vanguard Municipal Bond Tax Exempt Bond ETF, which is VTEB, is right at one hundred percent high quality debt. It's it's there's nothing really below investment grade within it, and uh, it's pretty well diversified. The only reason they have a lot of California bonds is because California is a really big state.
2: Yeah, and, and it's an I index, it's,
1: so it owns 7,000 yeah. bonds.
2: And here's another thing to think about when you're considering using a Vanguard bond fund. I believe I read this a year ago or so. I think Vanguard uh, bond funds have never had a bond that didn't pay.
1: Uh, I can't believe that's the case in their junk I bond I read funds.
2: it. Really? I, I swear I read it once. <clears throat> I guess I, I, I should have gone back it. and looked at Excuse this before me. the show. <clears throat> You're right in the junk s- bonds, sure.
1: I, yeah, I can see it in the in the uh, high quality stuff in the mm-hmm. investment grade. Um, but wow, I would have to look that one up. That's yep. that okay. sounds that sounds incredible. What it would say is, well, see, and that's the other thing. If they've got a junk bond index, how do you avoid default? I don't yeah, know. How you they do, do
2: that. have a junk bond. They do have a junk bond index, and so and these are high quality municipal bonds. As you know, as Don correctly points out, municipalities can raise taxes to pay the interest and the bonds. I would suggest this is a pretty low risk bond fund. And so, yes, this is a good position to hold if you want to hold if, municipal bonds.
1: Yeah, there you go. There is the big question. And a lot of people own municipal bonds out of spite, just to spite the government. Well, I'm going to but yeah, I don't want to pay taxes. US
2: government bonds. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, okay. You see, they don't want to no, pay taxes. Yeah.
1: Hmm. And people who are in lower tax brackets often own municipal bonds just because they don't want to pay taxes. And in the process they make less money because the Vanguard Tax Exempt Bond ETF has a uh an SEC yield of 3.15. And their investment grade bond ETF, which is BND, which for some reason is coming up very—that's the
2: total bond BND, total bond, one of the largest bond bond funds in the world. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: Um, is paying. You want to just give me the number here, ladies and
2: gentlemen? Here is exactly what I'm looking right at this white screen. And four percent.
1: There you go. Four percent.
2: I was going to say yeah. So yeah, you need you need to have a sufficient a reason to own municipal bonds. You're right. Too many people own them because they think it's a no-brainer. You don't necessarily need those unless you have the tax situation that calls for it. I'd put it that
1: way. Right. Right. But otherwise, good fund. And I don't see, I, I mean, yes, can bad stuff happen to California? Yeah. But you have to remember, California is a really diverse state. It's and the bonds they own aren't just state bonds; they're county bonds, they're local bonds, they're school district bonds. they that they have all kinds of stuff. They're revenue bonds, they're general obligation bonds. It's a it's a mix, and it's a it's a well diversified mix. So, if a bond defaulted or two, it wouldn't affect your overall portfolio of seven thousand of them.
2: I think they still have Barry bonds too, right?
1: uh knott's berry farm bonds is that what you're talking no, about No, uh, like the, the strawberry baseball bonds it's,
2: it's, oh i thought okay never mind okay
1: oh cool. the base Oh. <sighs> sorry folks sorry you had to hear that
2: that's two in one <laughs> show i'm on a roll
1: to to what in one show
2: Two jokes in one show, both bad. Those were both, both those no were laugh. jokes. <laughs> <laughs> those well, were jokes. Were that's there all that you know. matters, right?
1: Okay, so. wait, hold on. Let's look it up. I'm going to go to the uh, New Oxford dish- Dictionary. Do
2: we have a meter uh, or something? Oh, uh,
1: no, I'm going to look up the definition of a joke.
2: Oh, yeah. A Does joke, someone have to actually laugh or not? I don't a know. Thing
1: that co- a thing that someone says to cause amusement or laughter.
2: See, I caused you great amusement by that. So, because you're (laughs) amused, you weren't, you didn't laugh. No, abusement,
1: abusement, abusement, not amusement. That's
2: what this show is all about. Before it
1: gets any thicker, before it gets any deeper, before you can't man, you can't even dig your way out of this mess. We are going to sneak away calling this a podcast and waiting until another time to be hanging out, talking real money